0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network This is the Armchair Cricket podcast
1: Hello Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. It's a wonderful day if you are a cricketing fan from the Netherlands. It's a momentous day because the Netherlands have uh, done something really special in the World Cup. To help me discuss this and some of the other interesting games that have happened in the last couple of days, basically, at least our idea of who might qualify from one of the groups is completely overturned. So, to discuss this and more, have a very special guest, Avik Deb from SAR Sports. Hello, Avik. Welcome to the Answer Cricket Podcast.
2: Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, Ajit. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, it, it was quite uh, frantic last 48 hours, I guess, in the T20 World Cup. It was not only the top full members were competing for semi-final sports, but uh, mm. the rest of the teams in the both the groups of Super 12 were actually Fighting to stay alive for a direct birth into the next edition. So uh, going into last night, um, nobody would have given Netherlands uh, even let's say even a 30 or 40% chance of uh, doing what they did today early morning.
0: But mm-hmm.
2: uh, the thing is that uh, this is only the second uh, T20 meeting between both these countries. The last one was back in 2014 and if uh, people do remember that, even that was a very close game. Uh, South Africa just edged past Netherlands by a margin of four or six runs in the <laughs> end. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, matchups between countries that have played in this Super 12, some of them are very staggering. You have the likes of England and Ireland, who also met formally for the second time in a men's T20 international in this World Cup, the last one being 10, uh, 12 years back. Mm-hmm. So. The, the point the point is that uh, since you're not playing these countries outside the main ICC events, you never know what you're coming up against uh, face-to-face on a cricket field. You can have all the videos, you can have all your analysis done, you can look at what these players do, but as long as you're not playing them face-to-face, you'd never know what something else they might try to do and get success with. Right. So. It, it is always a situation of, uh, I mean, throughout this T20 World Cup, you have heard the term, uh, the upset, the most common term when uh, a lesser known country registers a win against a full member country, whether it's uh, T20 World Cup or the ODI World Cup. But there, there are many factors which uh, people do take into account, but it's just to accept the fact that... Uh, if you're not playing these countries outside the ICC events, you should be also prepared to face something like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now now the interesting situation right now is that uh, Netherlands since they were part of uh, CWC Super League as well, their trip to South Africa in 2021 was disrupted because of uh, the emergence of the Omicron variant. So, they have two of those ODI matches left, which they are supposed to play in March 2023, when Netherlands goes there. Ah. And in all in all circumstances, South Africa's direct qualification for the ODI World Cup will might very well be on the line when those two matches take place. Absolutely. So, these are wonderful things. Um, obviously, for the greater good of the game, uh, if you're looking 20-30 years down the line, you you really cannot expect the sport to only exist because of 10 or 12 countries you need to expand you, you you need to bring in those other next 12 to 13 countries so you might have a good base of at least 25 odd countries playing top level cricket for the sport to survive so right, right uh that that is the whole thing about it and the result that we got today in the morning very surprising but uh uh, not so surprising if you consider the Dutch bowling attack uh, that has been performing uh, consistently uh, throughout the World Cup. Uh, the first thing uh, we ever tweeted uh, during when the first round of games were going on was why not Brandon Glover was included in the 11 instead of Fred Class, and after he had two off games in the first two matches. And you could see the impact Glover had from the time, from the moment he started playing in the Super 12 matches. Even today, right. uh, nobody, nobody knows why he was not given the rest of his two overs quota. He picked up three wickets with his only two overs. If he had the other two overs, he could have got a 5 So the mm. Netherlands bowling was always the best part that they brought into this World Cup. It, it was their batting. which Uh, which rallied mostly around uh, uh, Maxwell O'Dowd at the top and a heavy expectation of Tom Cooper being uh, an Australian uh, product of their domestic system and Colin Akeman with his uh, experience in the English county. Those two will be around which the Netherlands batting would revolve. Uh, That did not happen consistently which might be the case why they are today just had to finish in number four and not at least play for the semi-finals if they didn't have that mess up against Bangladesh. So they had their chances, they've taken both the chances in the final two games. So it's great news Mm -hmm. for them. Heartbreak for Zimbabwe because uh, they get into the African finals for next edition's qualification. Similarly, goes for Scotland and Ireland, who will be now playing in the European Finals. So, Netherlands mm. have got a great escape and it, it, it's been a very long day for every Dutch fan. Absolutely. You, <laughs> you win your first game and you literally sit through the next two games throughout the day to just to find out whether you made it to the next edition. That made it so much more interesting.
1: Absolutely. As you said rightly, when you look at some of the team decisions, they were a bit baffling. but. From what I understood, the Dutch team has a solid process. And I think they were sort of uh, storing or reserving Brendan Glover sort of, sort of to the back end of the tournament, right? So, And he was given his opportunity and he's really taken it up with both his hands. I mean, speaking of Glover, I thought he was the real man of the match ahead of Colin Ackerman for me because uh, those three wickets he took, especially the wicket of uh, David Miller. I mean, I've been watching that catch that uh, Rolof van der mm-hmm. took on repeat yes. I mean, what i catch right mm-hmm. and that was the catch. bowling of brendan glover and that was critically the moment that changed the game and sort of made dutch the favorites for me so i was lucky yeah. enough to wake up uh around uh the 10th hour um, my staying awake proved to be lucky enough it's pre- it was pretty early it was crazy early here but i was lucky enough to actually witness yeah, those know. amazing moments live
2: and 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 it's a great thing because uh if, if you see for all the wins and the prize money that they have accumulated from this T20 World Cup right mm-hmm. now, it, uh, it's, a, it's a good amount of money that will get back to the KNCB uh, to use it in whichever way they please do. Because uh, for a country like Netherlands, uh, they do not have salary structure or retainers for the players. They hardly have uh, six to seven turf wickets at home. Mm, uh, mm. Most of them were used during the home summer this year in all the one-day internationals. But they do have the other venues where they do not have much of a turf system. And uh, and add, adding to the fact that the whole summer just went like that. They literally played the whole of the other globe of full members this this entire year. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so finally, to to, you know, to get the first win, which eluded them the whole year against Zimbabwe, that was a great feeling. Right. To add South Africa to the list is something they wouldn't have thought in their wildest dreams. And now they know that if the Dutch at least get some regular fixtures against some of the full member countries in a uniform manner, which they got this year because of the Super League, which is not going to be there next time, so it's it's a it's a great situation of having done well in a T Twenty World Cup, but also a dilemma of not knowing what's to come in the next four years.
1: Right, but look, I think Netherlands did Pakistan also a big favor in the way they played. It basically ensured Pakistan qualified.
2: Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I mean uh, Pakistan and uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh wouldn't have come to the ground thinking that they were in for a semi-final spot game.
1: But look, that win from Netherlands opened the door. So the way the day panned out, it was an upset to begin with. And sort of, you know, um, for many people, at least back home in South Africa, waking up, they were greeted by a shock that their team could not win. As you said rightly, Bangladesh and Pakistan would have been very happy, especially even Bangladesh, because Pakistan were counting on this, but we had all sort of written Bangladesh off. But then suddenly they are in with a chance. They are able to uh, stake a real claim. So... If You were to quickly take a look at that game. Did you also follow that one?
2: Yeah, I did follow that one. And uh, just to add to that, the South Africans actually played well today. If you mm. take Colin Ackerman, ah, Willow, ah. Brandon Glover, Colin, and all of them together, um, even uh, Stephen Myberg, right? All of them actually did well. So, South Africans did well. The country as a team, <laughs> that well, the of the yeah,
1: country. maybe they were playing under different flags. That was unfortunate. But uh, yes, you bring up another good point.
2: Uh, Yes, I did follow the Bangladesh-Pakistan game. Um, Well, it's always classic Bangladesh and Pakistan game. You never know what you're going Mm. to get in the first half. You don't know what you're going to get in the second half. So, until uh, that innings played by uh, the guy who who just got included in the side again earlier. I mean, he... It really changed the game because at during at, even at that point of time, if, if another wicket had fallen down, it, it would have created a bit more pressure on Pakistan to get the remaining runs. Yeah. But uh, credit to... Uh, I'm forgetting his name.
1: Um, his name is Harris.
2: Mohamed Harris, yes. Uh, yeah, the innings he played last time in, against South Africa. Again, today the knock he, he played. So, that was amazing to see. Uh, Bangladesh were hot and cold throughout uh, all their games. I mean, uh, if the Dutch didn't mess up themselves, they would have won the game against Bangladesh as well. That was a narrow loss by just nine runs. Right. They had their opportunities, but uh, one or two players cannot carry the entire team throughout a series of five matches. You, you need more than one or two players. You need at least hmm. five or six contributing at every every time. And that didn't happen for Bangladesh. For Pakistan, somehow, somewhere, two or three people just stand up every game. Maybe the ones you are not counting on, uh, judging by their Mm. last game. But there will be the fresh new two or three people who just stand up the next game and uh, they just keep on winning. And uh, yeah, uh, very much possible And India-Pakistan final. Mm -hmm. A huge ICC bonanza that will be. (laughs) Because they they'll be making a hell
1: lot of money if it's an India Pakistan final. Absolutely, I mean from money making perspective, it's definitely one thing. But I think uh, for us it'll be a generational game because it's a final. Yeah, India Pakistan game is always big. But those of us who sit on either side of the fence will will be really really looking forward to this because it's after all India also have some payback if that's an opportunity given to them because Champions Trophy final was not very long ago.
2: If you look at it one way, it's actually the IPL versus the blast I see. and mm. uh, PSL versus Super Smash. <laughs> if you if you if you come to the social media section of how people literally take people other players' name connecting them with the T20 league mm. that they have mm. that this is where they were bo- born or made or created or perfected or whatever right. it is, it is actually a, a matchup of uh, T20 franchise leagues between these countries and not the country itself.
1: Fair enough. So, so wrap up this Pakistan-Bangladesh game, look, I thought Bangladesh were a little bit unlucky in certain key moments. So, for example, Shakib's um, that dismissal, right? First ball dismissal. How important. That was... Shadab Khan is becoming more and more a real match winner for Pakistan. As far as this T20 World Cup is concerned, we hear talks of maybe giving him a chance at captaincy as well. Let Babur, you know, free himself for the longer formats and so on. But I thought that was a very crucial blow because... Najmul Hasan Shanto was going pretty good. And Litan Das had not really got off, but Swami Sarkar had given that little bit of a boost. At that stage, if Sha- uh, Shakib had not been dismissed, I dare say Bangladesh could have gotten to 150 plus or something. And that could have been crucial. So that was, for me, a breaking point in the game. right? And after that, the lower order of Bangladesh really could not cope up with the bowling of Shaheen Shafridi. So, those three batters, Mossadegh Hossein Noorul Hassan and Taskin, to an extent, Afif remained unbeaten, but nobody supported him. Right There again, the pace battery, Haris Rauf at the end coming in with a wicket as well. So, I think this was very, very well done by Pakistan. Again, they took another chance at the halfway mark. They were a bit nervous, surely, against Bangladesh. But they took the chance, their bowlers delivered. right. So, if you look at it, from literally the last five, last 10 overs, Bangladesh have hardly scored 55-58 runs. That's a good indicator of how well Pakistan team have come back, right? And then you are right. Uh,
2: but but uh, I, I mean, uh, we have seen multiple times in this world Cup already that uh, teams do generally, the bowling team especially, mm. generally do make some sort of a comeback between overs 10 and 20, whether it's a 5-over phase or whether it's a 3 or 4-over phase, but it's it's the factor that uh, they cannot sustain it for the whole of the back 10 overs becomes the difference between them giving away those uh, 20 25 odd runs extra right. or restricting team to 20 25 runs less which pakistan did today absolutely and bangladesh could not and that became the factor eventually actually
1: absolutely that's the right uh, that's the right one because it was clearly highlighted in the last game of the day Bangladesh, uh, sorry, India yeah. versus Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe made such a good comeback. Between overs 10 and 15, they considered 28 for three. That's like crazy good. But then Surya Kumari had happened. Yes. I mean, earlier in the day, I had retweet, exactly. tweeted, right? So um, he played the same number of balls as Kohli, but he scored 35 more <laughs> runs, right? And it's nobody, nobody surprised really? anymore with it. I mean, some of those strokes that he hit behind his shoulder. He was sweeping a fast bowler, a tall fast bowler, who was sometimes bowling left arm around the wicket, sometimes left arm over the wicket, or right arm over the wicket, right? Both of them, he's sitting down and sweeping over final leg square like, I mean, I don't know what sort of preparation and what sort of confidence this must require. Another special, special innings from uh, yeah, Surya.
2: Exactly. And and uh, if he was doing that against the Pacers, uh, I mean, many people were surprised. Why not continue with the spinners who were doing a good job, actually?
1: Right. Right.
2: Um, If Surya is doing that to a pacer, then he could also do the similar to a spinner, but it would be a little bit more harder because uh, the wicket keeper will be standing right behind him. And uh, yeah, it it, it was kind of uh, confusing why Zimbabwe all of a sudden turned to pace when uh, they had given 41 runs and three wickets of six overs bowled by their three spinners. I think the rest, uh, rest of the carnage that went about was all. Taken up by the Pacers. So that, that was definitely interesting. Uh, not to take away Surya's innings, that was exceptional. But uh, yeah, some of the tactics used by Zimbabwe will definitely be questioned because uh, mm. ever, ever since uh, Dave Houghton has been back in the camp as the main head coach, uh, the team has been uh, seen in a very good space. Uh, you you see players like Sean Irvine, who, uh, uh, Sean Williams, sorry who literally missed uh, mm. the last good 12 to 18 months because of injuries and other management issues. He was back again in the team. Uh, Sikandar Raza obviously had a very good year and he has been carrying the burden of the team for almost last 18 months now. But uh, the amount of uh, success Zimbabwe got after Dave Houghton took over, it, it gave them uh, a sense that they. Can actually uh, stand up to the bigger, bigger teams, uh, compete with them at a global level. And yeah, maybe they will eventually lose in the end, but at least give them a fight, let at least let's say till 17 or 18th over while batting, mm. or restricting them to uh you know l- less than 180 or 170 when bowling. Mm. So coming up in today's game, uh Zimbabwe just uh, don't have that firepower at the top. Their top order has always been collapsing like this throughout this World Cup. Mm-hmm. So it, it just puts up the extra pressure on Sikandar Raza and, and, uh, and someone like Ryan Burl, who is uh, supposed to be at the finisher's role, has to literally carry them out through the middle overs, which is not his style of batting. Right, right. So... Yeah, India took the crucial moments. Uh, uh, they took the wickets uh, when they started bowling. They made the runs, which mattered. Zimbabwe, just not consistent enough. When, when they had that five overs of good patch going for them, they, they just changed the entire uh, schema of things. Their, their thinking approach was completely changed and that proved to be their downfall.
1: Right. I mean, I think you're right. They could have kept one more over of spin in the last five. Even Raza was good enough to bowl at least one more over. I think maybe giving it to Sean Williams was a bit risky. But you're right.
2: Yeah, because because if you see Sikandar Raza's bowling action, it was uh, shown on TV. <laughs> the four four different kind of variations he bowls. Right. So, if he's not even bowling four overs, then uh, you're just... Uh, Okay, he, he, even he might go for a 20 or 25 watt run over but the Pacers went for that as well. So why not stick with him and just try because it's never easy for a new batter coming in and both Surya and uh, Hardik were literally very new to the crease right. when uh, India lost all those wickets. Mm. In a right. So yeah, that, that was very perplexing why the strategy suddenly changed from spin to pace and uh, they paid the price for
1: it. Absolutely. Speaking of top orders, India still have a problem in the very top. Rohit Sharma today looked like he might be coming back into form, but then there is a formula. Bowl one shot, ball, he'll hit you far away. Then bowl another one, make sure there is one at deep square leg right? and he'll hit straight down his throat. So in Australia, because of the grounds being very big, these shots which should carry for boundary in India will be a catch in the deep in Australia, right? So do you think Rohit will be able to... Uh, come out of that uh, little bit of a problem he's facing right now?
2: It won't be a problem if the ground is Adelaide the next time when he <laughs> makes that shot that will go for a six. Right. So, uh, it's it's the stadium thing so he has to take those things into account. And I, I mean for a person who is labelled as a good puller and hooker of the cricket ball uh, mm. that's one of his major downfalls throughout his career. I mean he has, he's got out to that shot many times than he has connected actually I feel in the last few years but again uh, ground dimensions will be the key uh, if, uh, if if facing from the right end here the, the that exact shot will be traveling the lesser distance in england mm. it will be interesting how england uh, pitch up to him if he if he does survive the opening spell from mark wood and uh, uh, you know, the other pacers um, it, it, it will be interesting how how they bowl to rohit because uh, knowing his uh, tendency of uh, taking on the short ball Mm. is known worldwide. Every bowler has tried to do that but England will definitely try to do that to him uh, when he has to be hitting to the longer side of the ground and not the shorter one. So they might not be bowling too many bounces to him when his leg side will be the shorter distance for him.
1: Indeed but look if you were to look forward to the semi-finals now uh, England had a little bit of a nervous victory against uh, Sri Lanka yesterday and uh, they had some gains. So, for example, uh, the form of Adil Rashid is back. He he was uh, declared the man of the match and wonderful spell in that tight middle overs. Basically, Sri Lanka are supposed to be good at playing spin, but they couldn't work him out at all. And So, Sri Lanka, right? they had one really strong top-order contribution and then not a lot. Panukarajapaksha could not get going at all and nobody else contributed. They were all single digits. So, a lot of credit the way Mark Wood came back to take, take three wickets, this is a positive. The form of Adil Rashid is a positive. Sam Curran finishing strongly still is a good thing. But they had one thing to retract. It looks like David Malan may have had an injury that might put him out of semi-final, maybe potentially one out of the rest of the tournament. That's a problem. But all of this apart, the start that England had, you would expect they would run away with the game in the 12th or the 13th over, right? They were scoring at 12 and over, even at the power play mark and so on. Then suddenly something changed. and why do you think this happened because england seemed to be softening as the business end of the tournament seems to be coming up what do you think about that
2: if you look at the first game also it was not an easy roller easy ride for them hmm. they did win the game against afghanistan but they stuttered. they did lose those wickets in the middle overs which right. may suddenly made the game more interesting hmm. happened again against sri lanka so this is an area of concern for them if Milan is out of the semi-finals for certain, then it's a very big uh, loss for them because hmm. he's the kind of person who will stick around and carve out an innings uh, in case the Indian pacers uh, go through the other top order and pick up early wickets in the semi-final. Right. Um, if the if the other thing happens, uh, all hell breaks loose from Hales and Butler at the top, then. Indians will not have any other place for hiding, <laughs> even they will take on the spinners. Right. Uh, I mean, the kind of uh, kind of success Hales has got in the Big Bash League over all these years, I mean, it, it's just coming to his his bucket uh, bucket right now. I mean, if he survives the first ten overs, he will be the one who will be going against the spinners. Right. And uh, that that will be a tough choice for India on what to do because. Will it be a great move if you replace somebody with uh, Chahal and try them with England? That that will be a mm. bold move considering he hasn't played even a game. But uh, thinking from the fact that uh, they do have a good lot of uh, left-handers in their lineup, you have Stokes, you have Moinelli, you have Sam Curran, uh, so most likely Ashwin uh, will keep his spot right. in the 11 right right and uh, he, he will just hope that uh, the pacers uh, pick, pick out uh, Hales and butler and the rest of the right handers before he gets get, gets the ball in his hand mm. uh, this Engl- this england lineup as always whenever you look at them are capable of going above 250 and getting bowled out within 100 <laughs> uh, but they are not going to change the way they play Right. That is that is one, one, one thing that is going to be a standard one and it's going to stay is the way they play. Hmm. Uh, India, on the other hand, there was all of a talk of a new style of you know attacking from the get-go and keep going around it till the end and see where it goes, the new approach and something like this was being talked about throughout this year when they were trying few things in the T20s. But against England, uh, they have to keep uh, their backup plan A, backup plan B in place and sorted out. If 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 their uh, formal approach of uh, you know approaching that game mm. goes haywire because of an England onslaught,
1: right? So from that perspective, I think it will be a wonderful battle: Indian Pacers versus the England top order and vice versa.
2: Yes, and uh, and uh, India has to ensure that. Uh, their top batters are there at the crease when adil rashid is bowling right because uh, they are the ones who can actually take him out for six or seven runs or even more mm. during the middle over mm-hmm. if the top order is not there yeah, even if surya is there he, he will need somebody at the non-strike end who could at least rotate the strike right uh, uniformly against the likes of rashid and and the, and, and not to forget, Moin Ali has always been a thorn in the flesh for India. Absolutely. Be it in, in test matches, be it in one-day games. Uh, haven't seen something like that happen in a T20 yet, but you never know when it can just come around from nowhere. So, it, it will be a massive game uh, how the top order places are themselves against the English fast bowlers and Sam Curran specifically. Mm. And if they survive, and they have to take advantage of the spinners because if, if they let them get heavy on them, uh, England have all the resources to pull back in the last 10 overs and not let them go beyond 170 or 180 if batting first.
1: Right. So now, looking to the other semi final, Pakistan, New Zealand. I mean, this Pakistan, a resurgent Pakistan, is the most dangerous of Pakistan teams. And well, they have a few issues though. So if you look at New Zealand, well, New Zealand themselves are a bit uh, soft right at the top. Uh, so, you know, Devon Conway and Finn Allen did a wonderful job at the beginning, but he's not done much of note since. But that'll be a wonderful um, contest, I think. I'm looking forward to Nasim Shah versus the top order of uh, New Zealand. Kane Williamson, a little bit of a good news. He's found some form as well as some touch uh, going into the last game. So for him, that's good. So for me, it'll be basically the finishing of New Zealand versus the finishing of Pakistan bowling. Right, that will be a wonderful contest. Jimmy Nisham, maybe Daryl Mitchell and um, Glenn Phillips, these people taking on the uh, bowling of Harith Rauf, Naseem Shahin, uh, Shahin. What do you think about that?
2: Uh, that game will be a bit tough to call because I, I'm just having that feeling that uh, New Zealand will be uh, completely under pressure uh, with Pakistan taking their top order very quickly. It survived well against Australia, but Australian pace attack is very different to a Pakistan pace attack. If New Zealand top order can survive the opening power play without losing two or three wickets, then they will be in good shape. Uh, again, they will have to play well. Uh, it 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 always comes down to how much you are scoring between overs eight and fifteen. Mm. Because the last five, you would anyways throw your bat around even if it's the tail enders and you would end up making 35, 40, 45 odd runs even with tail enders, not so specialized batters. But uh, it's it's the overs 8 to 15 that will matter a lot and uh, if New Zealand uh, approach the game like saving wickets for the first power play and then try and pick up the run rate in the middle overs, then uh, it might be a good uh, solution for them uh, Mm. playing this Pakistan bowling lineup. As far as Pakistan's batting is concerned, um, if they can repeat what they did against South Africa against the Kiwi Pace attack, well and good. They will be in box office. Mm. Uh, Because if you look at South Africa and New Zealand's Pace attack, they are are almost similarly the same uh, sort. Um, Yes, South Africa don't have that uh, left arm. Uh, I mean, you can't compare a Parnell to a Bolt, Absolutely. but uh, if you look at the overall uh, pace attack, the kind of uh, bowlers they have, they're almost similar. The Kiwis and the Proteas. That that will that is the main question. Um, Azam and uh, Rizwan are not fluent right now at the top. Right, they can get you those fifty or sixty run partnerships, but they are going to eat out a lot of balls uh, getting there, and. Uh, after reaching fifty or sixty, if you're getting out, your your team has actually reached nowhere. It, it uh, it's against start, starting from scratch because uh, mm-hmm. because your fifty or sixty have come off maybe forty five or fifty balls. That's that, that's not going to help their cause. You you literally need another hundred odd runs in the back ten minimum. That semifinal will all come down to the top three of both teams because. The top three of both teams will be playing world-class bowling attacks. Who, whichever three survive and play the better than the other one, should go on to win the game. Mm-hmm. If if there are no late dramas, the way it happens again almost every time with Pakistan. So for my bet, it, it will be the top three that will literally decide who wins the semi-final. It will go New Zealand's way, or it can go Pakistan's.
1: So I would say. Best opportunity for New Zealand would be to also maybe win the toss and bat first. Make uh, anything more than 150. They give themselves a realistic chance, a good chance of winning the game usually, I think.
2: that That is their best option actually. Because Pakistan getting to 150 and defending, you would take that any day for a Pakistan win most of the days. Right With the bowling they have got. If New Zealand get to 150, well, again, uh, getting Pakistan out cheaply, Chasing that total is, again, every time possible in Pakistan, chasing a total. So, New Zealand's best bet, get to bat somehow. Win the toss or, you know, do some voodoo magic on Azam that he chooses to bowl first. Uh, <laughs> just get to bat first somehow and make that 150 or 160. Make it count. Right, right, right.
1: Okay. So, basically, all in all, wonderful semifinal games to look forward to as well. So, I'll put you on the spot one final time if i were to press you for a winner of this world cup who do you think will win the world cup
2: uh it's a it's a close call but uh i would definitely like to see uh, india new zealand final ah it it it, it, uh, it they they have been creating a lot of history in the recent past so it will be a nice touch um again if it's a pakistan england final well we go back to 92 then right again it's a great feeling so mm. you really have really good matchups then the third possibility is india versus pakistan and the fourth one is england versus new zealand you take any any team out of these four and, yeah. and whoever plays in the final will be a crackerjack of a game but uh look no no team has stayed undefeated in this tournament mm. as of now and uh, that is a factor definitely because they know that they they have things to improve upon if they have to win the semi-finals and the grand final, uh, still feel that England and New Zealand are far better matched uh, because of the consistency of the batting that has been happening. The bowling always holds on some somewhere, somewhere or the other, but it's the batting that's going to count, and that is going to be the main issues for India and Pakistan. They have they they have to get the batting right on those two days to get mm. through to the final. If India and Pakistan get through to the final, nobody can call that game until the final delivery is called. Right. In hindsight, uh, in hindsight, I, I would uh, prefer uh, India New Zealand final. Uh, I, I wouldn't predict who might go on to win the game because that that game also will be a high pressure one. Uh, if it's India Pakistan against uh, again, uh, no one can actually take a real call because of what has happened i mean that will be the fourth meeting of those countries in this particular year. these these guys don't even play bilaterals. <laughs> so so asian cricket council got a huge bonanza when they had both of them play two matches in asia cup icc could very well have the same have them play two matches in the same world cup what is it
1: all right that was uh, the world cup you go to some of the off-field news, I think we'll still not go very far from the World Cup. Because if you look at some of these important uh, news headlines that have surfaced, some good, some not so good. So let's start off with something that's sort of a bit of a disappointment. Nabi has decided to hang up his boots once more as the captain of Afghanistan. I think he was not really happy with the results, but also some of the preparation and some of the he calls disagreements with the selectors and management i mean do you know anything more than what we already get to read in this main media or do you have any insights to this
2: afghanistan's captaincy has always been a sort of musical chairs i mean i mean maybe even nabi is has lost count of how many times he has become captain now uh, <laughs> since since uh, they started Way back in 2007 and 2008, in a in World Cricket League divisions, uh, they were playing in Argentina at that time, and Nabi is playing since that time. Wow! Uh, yeah, it, it it is it is always crazy when it comes around World Cups for Afghanistan. If you look at 2019, uh, Gulbadin Naev was suddenly made the captain of the team uh, after uh, Asgar Afghan uh, left the jaw jo- and literally sacked from mm. his position as captain. Gulbadin uh, Naib, the poor guy, had to go through nine, uh, nine defeats in a row in a World Cup. Probably will be his only stint as the captain or you never know, he might again come back as All captain right. again. But uh, right now, I, I, I feel Afghanistan actually have a stable captain in, in uh, Hashmatullah Shahidi in uh, ODI and the uh, test formats, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, T20s will always remain a challenge that they, they, they are such a bunch of talented cricketers and and uh, not just Nabi, Rashid or Mujib but there are others like uh, Naveen he's, he's he will definitely get a Big Bash League contract for sure. Right. Um, and and there are other players like Keshav is there. There is uh, Najib Zadran. There there is uh, Rehmanullah Gurbaz uh, who have played the likes of uh, uh, the Lanka Premier League and uh, definitely will have more opportunities coming to them since we have mm-hmm. South Africa T20 and UAE T20 all coming up next year in Jan Feb. It's it's jam packed. When it comes to their national team, um, they have escaped. Definitely to the next edition of the World Cup only thanks to their ranking, but it's it's not a ranking that has been uh, it is it's not a ranking that is being there for them defeating uh, teams much ranked higher than them. But it is most most of the matches that they play are uh, revolving around Zimbabwe, Ireland, Bangladesh, and uh, some of the other. Uh, smaller nations, maybe in Asia Cups or something like that. Mm. Uh, they, they they are not the ones who are playing these big teams outside the World Cup. So that again remains a problem for them. Uh, recently got to know that uh, there, there are problems of the board receiving their funding money from the ICC because of the current situation of their government. They right. do not have direct passages or influx uh, or... Or the, uh, or the legit wire transfer system to get the funding that they are supposed to get from ICC. And that has been a huge problem for them. Their board were just uh, able to give half salaries to all their domestic cricketers just a few weeks back from what they have got. Because uh, right now, the only possible way of getting the ICC money into ACB's office is maybe through an NGO organization. Or oh. maybe uh, if they are... Uh, because because they have taken visas of all their players for UAE to make that as a permanent base or a Qatar place like that, so they when they are there, they might get uh, they might get those transactions done easily, or maybe uh, this T20 World Cup, the amount that they have won as prize money, maybe they can get it right now since they are there already, and that shouldn't be a huge problem transferring wise. Hmm. When when you talk of all these factors and and. Their, their, their preparations were not uh, that bad. I mean, uh, Qatar, uh, they, they have uh, recently uh, joined hands with Qatar Cricket Association since last year and made uh, their uh, stadium, with, which is the Asian uh, town uh, cricket stadium in Doha. Right. Uh, that That is their uh, home base right now, along with UAE. Their pre-T20 World Cup uh, camp took place in Qatar. Then they flew into Australia. Played few uh, warm up games, uh, then the official practice games, and the uh, Super Twelves were there. Um, Nabi was appointed captain just before the World Cup because uh, hmm. Rashid Khan uh, left that post. Right, and uh, it, it it has been happening like that. Like like I said, it's it's like a musical chase. You never know who's going to be there or for how long. They need a stable leadership uh, in the end because they go through all these coach changes as well all the time and uh, whoever they get into their setup is not going to be available with the team in Afghanistan, in Kabul throughout the tenure. They will eventually meet up with Mm. the team uh, during midway en route to a tour or going to some other place and they will directly meet up with them there. So there are a lot of things that goes behind the scenes for Afghanistan cricket team and not to say that they are factoring in when it comes to their performances on the field. But uh, yes, uh, they need a stable captain who has a sense of assurance uh, from the back end side and uh, not having to take everything head on as it comes to them. Hmm. Let's see who the next captain is. Uh, since uh, Hashmatullah Shahidi is not part of the T20 system as of now, right? Uh, they might go for somebody. Uh, you never know. Rashid may again come back as a captain, or they might throw the dice and select Gulbadin again as the T20 captain, or maybe out of nowhere you can, uh, you know, promote Najibullah to the captaincy rain as well so you you never move with afghanistan you just have
1: to wait and months all right the next uh, news that i wanted to discuss is that not so savoury everyone that uh, avishka gunatilaka the sri lankan cricketer it's come to light yeah. that uh, he's been arrested on uh, a charge of sexual assault in sydney and uh, mm. he's going to be going to the courts tomorrow uh, so this is a bit unfortunate this guy actually stayed back with the team in spite of an injury He was subbed out uh, from the squad and he still stayed back with the team and looks like, uh, yeah, some unsavory things may have happened. Um, So he's currently in police custody, modern day with so many apps available with which multiple things are possible. Maybe, Um, I don't know, there's probably a curfew as a team and uh, probably there are some rules which you have to adhere to. Maybe they were relaxed because he was not a part of the main squad anymore or something. But uh, does it take you by surprise at all, this
0: thing?
2: If you know another national captain right now hasn't been given a bail mm. on his uh, rape charge, Nepal's national captain Sandeep Lamichane. Right. So that 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 makes two instances now of these things happening, and uh, they shouldn't really happen because because uh, maybe uh, a Sri Lankan player might not be uh, you know worshipped as an idol as much as. Uh, a Nepal player is back home Uh, the Nepal fan base is absolutely insane and they love their players and the captain Hmm. to any end so it was a huge heartbreak for them knowing that uh, Sandeep Lamichane got involved in something like this and that too uh, just few days prior to their departure to Kenya for a bilateral series in which he really did well Right, a player who is not part of the squad but was part of the squad should be adhered to all the rules which are in place for your regular playing squad. I I don't think there should be any lapses in terms of how a person should conduct himself, whether he is in the squad or not in the squad. If if you're there, it's not Sri Lanka that it has happened. It has has happened in Hmm. Australia. You're just putting a bad name again. so, with all that is happening, has has been happening in Sri Lanka these past few months, due to the economic uh, situation out there, this this, this just puts uh, another black mark on, on what has been going on for the recent past. Uh, considering that some of the players actually got suspended last year because of what they did in England, uh, going out of their team curfews and and were clicked on uh, phones uh, having a uh, smoke outside. Uh, in the night time. So yeah, yeah. These, these, these small things of uh, non-discipline uh, has been seen in the recent past. Uh, the, the team management has to take a more uh, responsibility of this. They, they, they mm. simply cannot just sit back and then expect answers to come to them as to why and how this happened. Mm. That thing itself shouldn't be in the entire... Uh, background of your head also where then you're when you're part of a management trying to take care of a team overseas in a different country right so uh let let's uh, I mean I have very little information on what has actually transpired I've just seen the headlines mm-hmm. so I, I wouldn't know uh, or I'm not sure what to comment on it but uh if if these things come into light uh, when a team is actually there for a global event in a World Cup, uh, in another country, it, mm-hmm. it just uh, gets gets you unnecessary negative attention you just don't need when you are on tour.
0: Absolutely.
1: We really hope, you know, this affair comes to a swift and a right conclusion. And we really hope, you know, that uh, these things are not happening again and again. It really throws cricketers everywhere in a bad light. And, uh, you know, we teams and players get to learn a lesson from this that they have to be careful. Now, Going forward from there, a little bit of another, uh, I won't call it sad news. It's just uh, one of those things that come. So, Callum McLeod has uh, announced his retirement from International Cricket Scotland's, uh, I would say, stalwart for a while. Because I think uh, he's been been—he's been with the team for more than a decade. And, I mean, his returns have been slowly reducing. We see that uh, when it comes to most players' career. But he even was a part of the Scotland team that played in this World Cup. Any fond memories for you?
2: Lots of them, actually. He started off as a bowler, uh, in in fact, and uh, he, <laughs> right. he his bowling was uh, uh, suspended because of his action, and he had to remodel it, and it didn't. Uh, so he reduced a lot of his bowling and uh, turned his uh, mind into batting. And what uh, class act he has been for uh, Scotland, not just mm. the national team, but uh, for his domestic clubs in Scotland as well. I mean, he 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 remains. Uh, One of the few Scotland players who actually got to play first-class games uh, during uh, the intercontinental tournament that used to take place between the top associate nations, which was run by ICC. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had uh, first-class status. He again becomes one of the many players who will just leave the game without having played much first-class cricket. His retirement just brought about that particular notion again that as a sport, we end up losing many good and great players from associate member nations who never got the chance to play first-class cricket. I mean, uh, when you talk about full-member countries, all the great players are known by their test runs, their first-class runs and their first-class careers and everything like that. No, Nobody uh, you know remembers you with your ODI careers or your T20 international careers. Hmm. It's, it's a career in first-class and test matches that matters the most for most of the players. So for associate nations, first of all, it doesn't exist, and uh, that that is a sure loss. Um, there are many special moments. Uh, the twenty eighteen World Cup qualifier, where he literally took Rashid to sword and and hit him everywhere around the park as Scotland beat Afghanistan that day. Mm. Um, his grade one forty in that only ODI that Scotland uh, Scotland played with England right. in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might never meet again in an ODI if England have his way. <laughs> and uh, you know, again, again a sad mismatch because uh, if if, if in, in the future, if if Scotland does qualify for a World Cup, like say next year, and they end up playing England and they end up beating England, rest of the world will term it as an upset. And uh, they mm. will call it as a fluke, like okay, it happened in 2018, couldn't find. They're playing after five years, it has happened again. Again, a fluke, might be. But that is not the way it is. The very point which I said at the beginning of this podcast that if you're not playing them outside the World Cups, when you come into the World Cups and face them and lose to them, you shouldn't be surprised. You you have not seen them at all because you're not even taking the effort to see them. Uh, Even even if the full members send a development team or an A squad to all these smaller countries when they know they are going to play in the World Cup, at least you will have few of the players know them from inside out. Mm -hmm. You will have more uh, video analysis to actually do and pass it on to the main national squad analysts to make better plans. So all these mishaps don't happen, which happened in this World Cup. Sri Lanka losing to Namibia. West Indies uh, losing to Scotland and Ireland. Uh, Again, uh, Bangladesh. uh, I mean, okay, Zimbabwe and Pakistan do play each other at times. So uh, that was not quite of a mismatch. But again, uh, Netherlands beating South Africa today. So you come into a World Cup having not faced them at all in any format of the game and then you stay surprised as they win the game against you. Like, how did this happen? Well, you should be better prepared uh, if you don't want these things to happen. So MacLeod has been one of the stalwarts of Scotland cricket who have given them all, this, all these wonderful memories over the years. And uh, the current uh, CWC League Two Championship, which is all, also a qualification pathway towards the World Cup qualifiers. Right. He he was he 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 is among one of the top batters in the entire series as of now. I mean, he just scored few centuries just in the last round, which which got which had Scotland play. So it's a great shock, in fact. But uh, if, if he's in good space and he's, uh, he feels that this is the right time to move on, well, it, uh, it, it's, it, it still gives Scotland a bit of time before uh, the World Cup qualifiers in June and July in Zimbabwe. I mean, right. if this came next year in Feb-March, they wouldn't have got much time. Now they have the entire winter and the entire first half of next year to fill that place. With somebody else in the squad, or 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 have somebody elevated to that spot to take his place and maybe try and play some more uh, bowlers or an all-rounder in the team, because uh, in in the recent twelve months Scotland uh, have lost now both Kyle Goitzer and Callum McLeod exactly from the for, from their setup. So those two positions are. Very crucial for them in all formats, the opening position and the number four. So, uh, still, I would feel okay. Uh, a very sad loss. Uh, maybe it came at a wrong time as well. But Scotland still have good five to six months to figure out how to cover that spot. With mm-hmm. But yes, an associate legend. He will always remain for all that he has done. Uh, his his family, his uh, his family. Uh, one of them being the main photographer for Cricket Scotland right. and always posts all the great photos. Uh, you may have heard of Donald Macleod. Uh, if, you, if you check his Twitter account, that, that's the main photographer traveling with Cricket Scotland all the time. And all the photos are being posted by him whenever Scotland is in action. Right. So a great family, uh, a great sports person, and we just wish him all the best for whatever he plans to do in the future.
1: Indeed. Going further, a little bit of a good news. So, PCB has allowed uh, Pakistan cricketers to sign up for the SAT20 League starting in January. So, this has been facilitated due to the uh, series against West Indies uh, of Pakistan getting uh, postponed. This one can allow you know new players to be admitted not only by the teams, but also be used in games. Right? So, because of this, yeah. it would be a very good thing that uh, if more Pakistani players are also able to get uh, chance to play in the SAT Twenty League. I mean, look at looking at it from a bigger picture perspective. Was it sort of something that Pakistan were waiting for these things to ha- fall in place so that they could allow their players to play, or do you see something else going on?
2: Um, with respect to the series with West Indies getting postponed, I don't have much info on that. But uh, since it has freed them the opportunity to have players play the franchise leagues, so why not? I mean, except the IPL, Pakistan players are actually available everywhere across the globe. Uh, It's just the IPL that they are not part of. Right. Uh, Some of them, most of them are part of the Blast. Most of them play the CPL. Mm. Most of them play, uh, some of them play the Bangladesh Premier League as well. Langa Premier League also, they were there. And so, so, so they're, they're, they're everywhere. Any competition that happens in the United States, any T20 franchise leagues, Half of the league is filled up with players from Pakistan. Their players have always been there in franchise leagues. It's not not something that will uh, bring about a very surprising thing that they are going to be part of South Africa 20. uh, Good for cricket South Africa Mm -hmm. because uh, they do have a good uh, population of people from Pakistan living there. So having Pakistan players play the franchise leagues will also ensure that some of their own supporters will turn up on the grounds. South Africa Cricket Board are betting really big on this South Africa 20 league. I mean, I mean, they are ready to forfeit their three Super League ODIs with Australia for this. So, right. so this is make or break for them. Uh, they have tried this a long time back. Uh, the Ram Slam T20 was a good competition that got discontinued. The Manzi Super League was also seen as the next revolutionary thing in South African cricket. Now it got discontinued. The only good thing that South Africa 20 has is the backing of their main national broadcaster, Supersport. Supersport was never involved with any of the other T20 leagues uh, before that have Mm. been played in South Africa. But them backing and being the main uh, title sponsors uh, for this new T20 league goes really well for the cricket board. And, And if they get players from whichever part of the world it is, So, it's just good for them because uh, that competition will uh, run alongside uh, the UAE's International T20 League as well. So, you might see a few players jumping in and out from this country to that country during the event itself. For them, getting uh, the assurance that Pakistan players will be available for the league is brilliant news. It's, It's good news for the league.
1: Absolutely. So, the upcoming election for the ICC chairman post... So this is an interesting one because uh, Greg Barclay, who's the incumbent chairman, will have a will have somebody to contest against. So it'll be chairman of Zimbabwe Cricket, Tavengwa Mukul Mukulani. I hope I got his name uh, right. Yes. Sir. What are your thoughts on this? So this comes at a last moment and a little bit of a surprise, but I think he may be getting some support from. Some full member countries we hear and some associates. So this might be an interesting one for you because there are, look, there are 16 votes, right? 12 full member votes, one independent director and three other votes. So do you think we we may see an upset here as well?
2: If Barclay gets uh, votes of BCCI, Cricket Australia and ECB,
0: hmm.
2: uh, then uh, it might again tilt towards his favor. Uh, the challenge Because I I read in the news that the other smaller full members and associate countries. Now, if if we are to consider New Zealand, uh, South Africa, West Indies, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Bangladesh as smaller full members, then obviously it's going to be in favor of uh, the Mm -hmm. Zimbabwe Cricket's chairman's favor right now. Even one vote from the big three could really you know, take take it into his favor. But but it, it will be a nice change to see somebody not from uh, the regular uh, countries of India, Australia or uh, England or uh, New Zealand at times or South Africa at times because they have had one chairman uh, in between. Right. But uh, yeah, not going to be an easy one. Uh, again, like you said, it's a last moment decision that because the thing is going to happen this month and or next month, by next month, we should be getting to know what is happening. Right. So very short time for JC uh, to convince BCCI. I mean, today might have been a very good opportunity for him to meet with uh, uh, Jay Shah mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. speak to him a little bit about all these things because we did get to see Barclay and Jeshua sitting side by side uh, in the stadium watching the game. So, right. uh, Barclay is also doing his bit for sure. If he's really seriously interested in his second term, he will fight. Uh, he will give. Uh, he will be fighting for it. So, it's not going to be an easy one for the JC chairman. Uh, just a small story. Uh, two years, uh, one and a half years back, we attended a, a podcast uh, hosted by Gary Clouston through his. Uh, Coached ed uh, learning program. He had a chat with uh, Greg Barkley and uh, we attended that uh, uh, video call and we we're pretty surprised that uh, Mr. Barkley uh, is not completely aware that there are many associate member countries mm-hmm. who actually have a domestic system of playing 40 overs and 50 overs cricket. I mean, uh, I'm not here to generalize his entire view on how the associate cricket is But these small things do matter in the approach of uh, these people when they sit in that ICC board meeting. Having the knowledge really matters. And uh, only in terms of uh, knowledge, I I would hope that the JC uh, chairman gets the place because they have seen a lot of lows rather than highs and, and how the structure works. Right now, they are not even part of the World Test Championship. They know how the structure works. We are; they are a full member, but yet they 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 have to be literally asking for other full member boards to come and even play with them in their own country. It will be a great thing if he if he gets the nod, but again, he will need at least one out of the top big three votes to you know confirm that spot. Otherwise, uh, we might just see Barkley in for another tour.
1: Those are all the discussion points for this episode. Now, before we let you go. We would like to get to know more a little bit about you, your interests in cricket, czar sports. What is this all about? So, would you like to tell us a little bit more?
2: Uh, for me, uh, cricket, uh, watching cricket, my my, my first international uh, cricket match that I watched on TV was back in 92 in the World Cup. Hmm. So, and the, And the first time I actually got to know about countries other than the ones I saw in 92 was in 96 when UAE, Netherlands uh, and Kenya came along. And after what Kenya did to West Indies, it was like, wow, it, it was a wow moment. But the exact ticker came along after the 2015 World Cup because, because the 2015 World Cup had, uh, Cricket World Cup had really good moments involving the associates then, Ireland and Afghanistan and you had uh, scotland in the mix you had uae in the mix mm. the way they played and uh, from then on it, it it was a constant struggle to find news for all four in one place right uh, everybody feels that uh, espn cricket info is the cricket place of all universe but actually it is not it is just a website that the, the company is also based in Bangalore. Uh, it's just a website. Uh, because yeah. it has been a monopoly for the last two decades, people will if, uh, by default switch to CrickInfo for all the information that they need. But when you go outside this top 12 or maybe 20 countries, there is not much available over there. Uh, similarly, even you go for the bigger uh, websites like uh, CrickBuzz or Yahoo Cricket or the big big ones which were there at that time
0: nobody mm. really
2: covered all these uh, smaller nations in detail i mean you you have individual journalists uh, writing for them all the time but uh, if 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 you are getting to a place where you get to know about 10 countries in a single day at a single place yeah but that is not your place you want to get to know about the other next 10 countries mm. so the whole idea came from there that uh, there should be a place where uh, because ICC currently has 93 associate members along with the 12 full members, so it's 105 countries that play cricket. I can bet you if somebody tries to even find information about the rank
0: hmm. teams
2: from number 35 to 50, they wouldn't get too far, uh, even in, even via Google or Wikipedia or even Cricket Info. Right. So forget about the teams which are ranked beyond 50. So you can imagine that. Uh, Yes, they're local. some of the some of the countries, they do have few local media covering their news sporadically once or twice, maybe in two or three weeks like that. But it's never uniform and you never get to know what is happening with them, what is happening behind the scenes, what are the development that they're doing, um, what are the challenges that they're facing. Absolutely nothing about it other than one or two editor choice uh, articles on QuickInfo once in a while. So the whole idea of za sports uh, was born because of this fact, and uh, because I had the interest to know more behind the scenes than than just uh, you know limiting myself to what I see on the field in a fifty over contest and T twenty over contest and make my opinion for the next four years for that country. That is not the right way to do. It. I invested time to know more, to get to know how how these countries. You know, keep themselves updated. I mean, uh, the birth of social media has been a big uh, boon for them because most of them do update these days uh, quite often on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. So it's very easy to know what is happening in a country if you just follow them on their social media thing. Mm -hmm. My my thing was to get all of this into one place and yes, uh, it, it it was the time when the internet was expanding in 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 terms of apps and monetization and everything and and since uh, during that time uh, having a website and having some monetization thing going up becomes a second uh, you know income option for you why not even try that? It was a mix of both passion and uh, interest to know whether uh, a website can be created that can be monetized using. Uh, using all the information that we have of all these countries, which are not available anywhere in one place. Let's see Mm -hmm. how that goes. The passion took over eventually. Uh, uh, The website remains non-profit, uh, but I just don't care about that part. Uh, For me, giving the information, spreading more awareness about all these countries, letting the world know more about these players is the main motto of Sports. And uh, I will stick to that no matter what how uh, how long will I keep doing this Well, as long as I, I have the passion in me, I will keep on doing it. Uh, the best hope was that more, I mean the major media start doing the same after uh, Sports came to the picture, after emerging cricket came to the picture, all these uh, uh, cricket Europe has been there for quite some time. So we are there mm. uh, to give the news uh, but we don't have the audience. So even for audiences who want to know about all these countries, they don't have a place to go. So right now, we do have Cricket Europe, we do have uh, Sports, we do have Emerging Cricket. We just hope that the major media websites also do the same in the near future. Because the reach that we have, they have 10 times more reach. The more people get to know about these countries and the wonderful things that happen, the better for the sport. That's about it.
1: I agree with your approach. And your uh, ideas as well. It's a very welcome change to to promote the cricket and the culture within uh, certain other countries who are for now associate nations, but tomorrow might become full member nations and so on. Right. So, in this case, for all our listeners who may want to visit Tsar Sports, it's czarsportsauto.com, czar uh, yeah. as in the former Russian emperor, sports that exactly. ends in a Z auto.com right so this is the website i
2: mean i'm 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 happy that you got that czar part because most of the people don't actually i mean that ah. that was the whole thought process behind the name like this should be the king of the websites i mean i'm getting into cricket i i know it's a, it's a huge ocean out there but i i would rather be the shark of my own little pond uh that that's how it how it is we are into cricket but we are into a niche segment of the whole sport which mm. has which has a market, which has a very, very good market that that uh, people can bank on, that people can invest on. We, we, this entire niche market just needs more support in terms of funding, in terms of more uh, availability of resources, availability of more matches with full members. And you will just see that the results which are being termed as, as upsets Will become, will become a normal thing in the next four to five years to come. If it doesn't happen now, even after 10-year gap also, we'll be calling these results still as upsets. And uh, that will be upsetting for the whole sport, I guess.
1: Again, very relevant what you say. And I hope the parts that we are actually listening to these sort of words and these sort of opinions that are being put out there. All right. Thanks a lot once again to Avik Deb for his time and uh, very nice opinions that he's given us. And definitely, I hope me and all our listeners as well, we are able to put a bit more focus on what's going on in associate cricket world and, you know, give the same kind of encouragement that we give to our favorite teams, wherever we may be. That's it for today's podcast. I would uh, like to once again say thanks to Avik.
2: My pleasure. It was very nice speaking to you, Ajit. Um, Like I said, it it was one of my first time... um, attending somebody else's podcast. I mean, I, I've taken few interviews before of people related with associate cricket boards, but this is my first time speaking to somebody else and answering questions rather than asking them. Mm. So it was a nice experience. Uh, so it's really been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Ah, well, The pressure was also all mine. We, we may be even having you on again in a couple of weeks or a couple of months time. Let's see if that's possible.
2: Yeah, no so, problem. Anytime.
1: We wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from and from me and my co-host. Goodbye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.